The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of Leading Conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. Today, my special guest is Carl Studna. Carl is an amazing guy. He's a photographer, world-renowned. You are not going to believe the photographs he has taken. He's a teacher. He is an author of the new book, Click, Choosing Love, One Frame at a Time. Carl, welcome to the show. Thank you, Cheryl. It's so great to be with you. It is great to have you here. I'm so glad we can do this. Now, where are you today? I'm sitting in my office, in my home office, looking out at hundreds of thousands of pine trees, sort of an overcast day in Colorado, up in the Colorado mountains. And oh, nice. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful place. It absolutely is. I've seen photos of your place and the, the land around it, and oh, it looks so peaceful. Yeah, I'm, I feel very blessed to wake up each day and see the, the splendor and the beauty all around me and live in nature, because for so many years I lived in Los Angeles, and and now this part of my life I get to be surrounded by nature and always inspired by it. Well, that's quite a contrast from L.A. to Colorado, <laughs> to the mountains yeah. of Colorado. Wow. Well, I'm curious about what got you there, but before we do that, um, let's talk about this photography thing, you know? Yeah. This photography, this little pastime you have that you have been so well known for for many, many years that people who have influence all around the world have called on you to take intimate portraits of themselves and their family, to work on things such as big publicity campaigns, CD and cover albums, cover of albums, you know, people were talking like George Harrison, Paul McCartney. Um, you have even taken photographs of the Dalai Lama. Now, yes, I have. You know, <laughs> when I look at this, I think, oh, my goodness. So, Carl, you know, someone doesn't get to do things like that unless they are really, really skilled and brilliant as a photographer. Where did this start for you? How did you, what even got you interested in photography? Well, as a kid, I don't, as a kid, I didn't consciously know that my main focus or what would bring me joy and and connectivity, just being connected would be doing something uh, that's of the arts because I think for most of us, our experience as children uh, in traditional school at least was that you weren't really complimented, acknowledged too much for your art unless it fit into a certain mm. box, you know. And and I never was, I never fit into that box. So, you know, I always enjoyed art as a kid, but you know, the teachers always said, "Oh, well, you know, that's nice," and you know, maybe you should look at something else. And then, you know, and then at sixteen, I started uh, took a photography class, and even before that. Um, I, I always, for years, I just loved having a little um, Instamatic, you know, as a kid. I think it's about every family had a Kodak Instamatic. And I always enjoyed that. And then I took a photography class in, in high school and just, you know, pardon the pun, it really clicked. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I just felt like I found a voice through this medium and I found an art form that... I was good at or that I enjoyed that people really responded to that I got quote good grades on my pictures mm-hmm. and right. you know and everything 
everything just felt supported from that moment that I, I, I learned this craft. I just got immersed into it because it felt like a way for me to be able to see things and honor frames of things, portions of things, and share those as something that was significant to me and be able to share those with other people. And so it was a constant affirmation from that, from that point on. Mm. And, then, and then in college, I was in a very innovative art program in Sonoma State University in Northern California. And, and it was a perfect environment for the way that I learned, which is very experiential. And so I just had the opportunity for a couple of years to just bask in the beauty of the countryside up there and have the support from this a very, uh, very experiential art program and do what I wanted and, and just continue to affirm that this was a part of me. So I think as I continue to grow, it just felt more and more like this form of art, this craft, this way of communicating was just a part of who I am. And And then it just continued to grow and I moved back down to Los Angeles and chose to focus in the entertainment industry and, and, you know, and just really continue to put my attention on what's my niche, you know, what, what is it that, what is it that I can do and that speaks to me in a way that is really me because there's so many areas of photography that are not me, you know, fashion, you know, most fashion is not me and, and product shooting and, you know, I just started... I just started removing all of the areas that weren't my, you know, weren't weren't a fit for me, and then it it went into the music industry, and that was such a fit, and I I just got immersed in that for quite a few years. You know, you mentioned that photography was a medium that felt supported, and that you got a lot of affirmation for that. And you know, I mean, if you think about how much photography has grown and changed. I mean, everybody, quote-unquote, is a photographer today with their phone, right? And, in, of course, that's, you know, a, a euphemism. But I wonder, um, why do photos matter so much? Hmm. That's a beautiful question. You know, I, I see that photos are taking a, a split moment in time Okay, and that and that alone, I could talk on that for an hour. You know, that alone uh, is such a unique makes makes still photography such a unique medium because because as we know, every single moment is shifting, and and so if, if there's an action going on, you know, every moment is different with with the action with people. Every moment is different, and and every expression is different because our thoughts and our consciousness shifts from moment to moment to moment. So, so the act of a still photograph is revealing. I, I like to use the word revealing rather than capture. Uh, that re- it reveals what's present in consciousness in this moment, and then in this moment, and then in this moment. And I never get tired of that because because I. I've always been a studier of life and of people and of nature yeah. and changes. And so because still photography is that focuses in that way, truly every single moment has, has a change to it. So mm-hmm. it, it's, it, it offers a deeper awakening, whether people are conscious of it or not. You know, it offers an opportunity to see the changes and, and the differences from moment to moment to moment. You know, as, as you say that, what I think of is how, you know, movies also are very, mm-hmm. uh, taking movies are very common these days. And and yet when you see, when I see photos that have been, you know, like clicked off like 10 in a row, right, stills, somehow kind of flipping through that has a very different effect on me than when I would watch that same um, time lim- time am- amount of time that was filmed as a movie. It feels very different, and it's almost much more interesting to me yeah. to be looking at the stills, even if I'd be flipping through them really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you're slowing down. You know, it's, mm. to me, to me. Um, Still photography has the opportunity, which is when I teach classes, that's one of the 
things, one of the elements that I really speak of and that we go deep into is just slowing down our perception of how we see and how we feel uh, everything around us. I, I focus a lot on, on the light, uh, but truly every moment, just the subtleties of change from moment to moment to moment, and that's, that's one of the, again, that's one of the amazing, unique qualities of still photography is, is slowing down to really recognize for those that really master this craft, I think, mm. really recognize, well, what for me, what is that essential moment? Ansel Adams was a huge uh, teacher for me. I mean, he, he, was, he was the biggest influence for me when I was learning photography. And, and you know, and I would learn and I would read about him and how he, he might take <clears throat> weeks to wait for the right conditions, the right weather conditions when he's shooting a scenic shot. And, you know, and to me, that's, that's a good example of where the artist's eye, uh, I think, to be a really moving and powerful artist, the artist's eye slows down and it makes greater distinctions about what we see around us uh, from moment to moment to moment and what, and what we choose to uh, imprint as being significant or, or standing out for us. Mm. Do you have, I know you do some teaching, do you teach young people, anybody in their teens? I mean, I, I, and the reason I ask this question is that I think about the world of teenagers these days and, you know, how fast things move and, and video games and how much stimulus is coming their way. And, you know, I wonder what would they be like as a student in this genre? Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's sparking a really good um, opportunity for the future because I haven't done any uh, classes just for teens. And I, I've had teens in some of my uh, general classes, but but that could be a really powerful um, opportunity to to just to design uh, a class that's just strictly for teens. And and I I really feel I get what you're saying because uh, stimuli has just amped up so it continues to get get so much stronger all the time. And with all the video games, with always being on cell phones, always texting, always having, always doing something yeah. that is, is busy. And, and I think it, it could serve as a really, really valuable opportunity uh, for you know, current day teens to have a practice like this that, that just serves as a, as a real discipline for you know, truly slowing down. Well, it would really give them permission to be where they are. This is the thing I notice about all of us when we are um, texting or sending emails or looking at Facebook, you know, whatever we're doing. We're never where we are. We're always somewhere else. And being the photographer, I imagine, requires you to be incredibly present. Yeah, yeah, it's it is a different way of I think it's a different way of perceiving and and seeing and and I mean I certainly I think I just get caught up as much as anybody with all of the you know all of the especially the computer oriented things you know and, and you know, emails and Facebook and things that I'm you know that I'm doing yet at the same time and this is one of the reasons I'm so grateful I live where I do because all I have to do is look up. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm my computer, I just look up and I, and there is this ever changing landscape around me mm-hmm. and it's, and it's so beautiful. And, and I, um, I talk a little bit about in my, one of my classes about, uh, the reticular activating system in the brain, uh, and how it's designed, uh, to, Whatever we put attention on is is what we see, mm. you know. So, so you buy, you know, you buy a new car, and so you get a new Honda Civic, and then you're seeing, you know, you, sure. you start seeing that everywhere, you know. So that's that's a part of the brain, and and I over the years have just made it a priority in my way of seeing to see 
see the subtleties, make that a priority, make that an important part of my life all the time. So I can even catch a subtle change in lighting in my peripheral vision and it will draw my attention. Or right now I'm looking out at these birds that are perched, like four birds just perched in one of the pine trees. And, mm. and, the, and you know, and just observing, taking the time to observe how how the wind is blowing and they're still on the very ends of these little branches and they're hanging on there. So, so it's, you know, so it's just, it's, it's making it a priority to take that time to, to, to see these things. Yeah. And I believe that when we do, that it, it, it helps to continually bring us more, you know, back into our natural rhythms, into our natural balance because, because nature, you know, nature has its balance and especially if we're able to to take the time to, you know, to observe and to appreciate the changes, then uh, I think it just naturally helps to bring us back to uh, a greater sense of presence and peace and uh, deeper awareness. Well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, um, I want you to tell some stories about some of your really interesting Sure. Yes, they Love were guests. I guess they were objects. <laughs> we'll be right back. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito with my very special guest today, Carl Studna, world-renowned photographer. So, Carl, you have had the privilege of sitting with so many great people and being really allowed into an intimate space. And when you do photography at that level, it must be a really intimate space. What is it like for you to... um, take photos of people like Paul McCartney and George Harrison and Deepak Chopra and many, many others? Hmm. Well, for me, it is uh, a form of a sacred space. And I, speaking in general about doing portraits of anyone, I, I see that it's, you know, for most people, it's a vulnerable experience having your picture taken. So, um, So over the years, I've well, sometimes it hasn't even been in trying or thinking about it. It's just, it's just recognizing the greater needs of people in, in how to be more present, how to be more caring, how to cultivate a, a really trusting, caring, and loving environment, a safe environment, because that's a commonality that everybody is wanting and desiring and always. So especially if you're in front of a camera, because um, it's such a raw reflection. And... So over the years, I've just continued to open and, and listen and learn how I can be anchored and, and listening more, because everybody has their own needs, too, and, and be a place of, of safety and, and care. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and when I think about photographing some of the people you mentioned, like the Dalai Lama or Paul McCartney, being with George Harrison, and, you know, all these people... Um, for me, it's equivalent to how I feel 
going into any kind of sacred environment. So if I were going to go into a holy temple or or a, a holy ritual of any kind, any kind of deep, caring ritual, uh, I would bring a presence that is just feeling and immersing in the depth of, of honoring. And that's how I am with people. And so as long as I place myself in that open, uh, loving, caring place of service, uh, seeing whether it's the Dalai Lama or, you know, Mr. or Miss, every, you know, any man, any woman, you know, um, you know, it's just a recognition that we as humans, you know, we, we all deserve and we all are craving for feeling safe and feeling cared for and feeling seen, feeling mm-hmm. seen. So as long as my attention is placed there, then it takes away most of the edge. I wouldn't say I don't have any, any kind of, you know, I, I, there's never been any kind of feelings of starstruck or, you know, but, sure. but, you know, but, but it takes away most of the edge because mm-hmm. cause I, just, I just recognize that everybody, all human beings, are, are really desiring those same qualities. And, and, and when I am coming from that place of, of respect and honor and, and really reflecting back their beauty, their presence, their light, their wisdom, their purpose, their unique message, whomever it is, then then I can stay grounded in knowing that that is sincere. I'm staying, I'm staying clear and open and on purpose and sincere. So that helps me to stay grounded and 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 uh, present and as an equal with you know with anybody. Well, you write about some of this in your book, and in your book there are so many beautiful photos of of these people that we just spoke of, and many, many more. And you know, you have captured. The essence, I can see it in in the faces of these people. And, you know, I wonder, were, I wouldn't think, just because you see so many photos of these people, I wouldn't think that they would be shy in front of the camera. Had, were any of them? Well, yes. And shy might not be the right word, but maybe not fully comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean... Not true with Paul McCartney. Paul, Paul McCartney, he's had so many zillions of pictures taken of him over the years, and yeah. he's he just you know it's like breathing for him. Very yeah. truly, I mean, I I don't think I've been around anybody that's had that I felt that kind of comfort around the camera. Where mm-hmm. even even when they were candid shots, where almost every single person other than him that I've ever shot, if I'm doing a candid shot of somebody, there's a level of consciousness, of self-consciousness when we're aware. I mean, I, I'm certainly aware of it. If I see a camera yeah. in my peripheral and someone's taking a picture of me talking yeah. to someone, you yeah. know, there's a part of me that's aware of, I'll make sure that my posture, you know, that I'm looking at you, my posture's up, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, making a funny face or whatever. Mm-hmm. He could care less. I mean, it's like... Zero concern, and, and so consequently, there would be some shots, you know, that weren't that flattering. But, but you know, you know, those aren't used. And mm-hmm. uh, but uh, yeah, some people, yeah, certainly there have been some people that are known, quite known, that have just as much mm, concern or, or the need to the need to feel safe. Uh, otherwise, they start feeling tight and, you know, and uncomfortable and not fully yeah. present. And uh, so, you know, I, I've really come to recognize that that's, again, getting back to what unique uh, medium that it is, especially to do mm-hmm. portraits of people, because it's, you think about, it's not a natural thing. I mean, where, when else do we, we ask someone to just stay still? You know, so, so hold a pose. Okay. You know, and, and that's, that's what I've learned over the years is that I don't, yeah. I don't tell someone to smile. You know, I, or, <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm just, I'm with them and I evoke uh, joy, you know. So it's got to be real. I mean, it's, for it to be authentic, you have to be, I have to be resting in and evoking 
joy. I have to be yeah. evoking safety. I have to be evoking the presence and play if I want to. If I'm if I want to feel playful and I want to evoke mm. someone else. And then sometimes people might not want to be that playful, and then and then I listen more and go, okay. So what they're really asking for, even if they don't say it verbally, being intuitive, and what they're really asking for is to just slow down. You know. Be more prayerful, be more listening, more honoring, more soft and gentle, and, and be authentic in that place. So, so listening and then, and then just bringing to the person uh, the sense of what I feel is going to bring them uh, a feeling of greater safety, mm-hmm. presence, light, uh, comfort, so that they can really be themselves. Yeah. Well, and then when I look at this photo of the Dalai Lama, and, you know, his his happiness is everywhere. <laughs> he, he is just pure spirit happy, right? You know, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, and it's such a beautiful, um, I was going to say, capturing of his essence, but I guess it means the photo is actually revealing his essence, right? Mm-hmm. I love the way you say that. Um, yeah, so, you know, I... We've heard that um, there are some indigenous peoples around the world who have a belief that if a photo is taken of them, then it takes their spirit away. And, you know, what, what do you think about that? Well, I honor that. First, I mean, first and foremost, I honor that with anybody that, you know, that, that holds that belief. So... Almost always, whenever I'm in a, a culture that's you know, more of an indigenous culture, I'll, I'll ask, I'll be respectful and ask, you know, if I can take their picture. Um, you know, I, I don't relate to that at all, personally. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I see that, I see that when we, when we take a picture, and actually, I, I'm preferring to stop using that word as much too, because take. I don't think we take anything. I think we. It's interesting because more at the birth of photography, the part of the vocabulary, vocabulary's changed in some ways. Yeah. It went. It used to be people used to say make a picture, mm-hmm. which I actually like a lot better. Yeah. I just have to remind myself to say it because I'm so used to saying take. Yeah, yeah. But it, but it really is. It's making. It's creating. And and I, ideally, it's co-creating if you're if you're with somebody else. If you're if you're photographing someone else. So so I see it as a as an as an honoring process as a co-creative honoring process if that's where my if that's where my consciousness is i think that perhaps maybe maybe the reason that this that that belief came about with indigenous peoples because of the consciousness of some of the people that were artists yeah. or photographers that were wanting mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. wanting to quote capture them you know yeah. you know you know because because if you're coming from the consciousness of I, I want to get this, you know. I want to get this moment. I want to. I want to take this moment. I want to capture this moment. You know. Then it's going to have an energy about it of 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 wanting, you know, of, of ripping someone off in a way. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, just a few months ago, my husband and I were in Tibet, mm. and we knew that when we would that when we before we left there before we left here, we knew we were going to want to do a lot of photographing. And we knew we were going to want to photograph some of the people. And so, you know, we we have a practice of not paying people for photographs when we travel around the world because, you know, we think it kind of promotes the wrong um, practices, right? And so we decided that there, there are still Polaroid cameras, by the way. Um, and we bought one of those. Um, reinvented Polaroid cameras and took it and decided that we would use that to do initial photographs. You have to ask them their permission and then give them those photographs and then ask them if we could do more with, you know, the, the regular 35 millimeter, et cetera. And, um, and they were so excited. I mean, these are people who live in the middle of Tibet, up on the Tibetan plateau, in the middle of nowhere, you know. No people for hundreds, sometimes thousands of miles. And they are the nomadic people. Beautiful, beautiful people. And it, they were 
so excited to see these these Polaroid photographs. And so they would say, you know, uh, not they didn't speak English, of course, so it was a lot of sign language, but they would ask if we could um, t- do a photograph with, like, three sisters. And then they'd look at themselves all together and they'd giggle. They were so happy, you know. And it was the adults as well as the children. And, you know, as I think about the whole concept of when a photograph is taken, then part of their spirit is taken. Um, And it makes a little sense to me because they don't get to see in most cases in the past years, you know, they haven't gotten to see what it is. People click and they walk away, right? But if you click and hand them something and say this, this is what it is, um, I bet that has a different effect for them. Yeah, and I think it's a beautiful gesture. Um, I'm you're inspiring me to do that when I when I travel to remote areas now because because I do share with people digitally. I'll sh- I'll show them on the viewfinder mm-hmm. what it looks like, but I'm not able to give them something. Yeah. So so yeah. that's a you know, that's a really great alternative that where you're able to do both that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was really fun, really special, mm-hmm. and you know I have um, done my share of standing around waiting for. Um, people, uh, a la my husband, who, who you know, does d- does photography for pleasure um, and always has. His family has this thing about photographing, and of course, because I don't like having my photo taken, as you know. Uh, uh, then you know, of course, I marry into a family of everybody who has a camera in their hand every five minutes. And so um, it has been quite the journey for me. And, you know, just to, to fill everybody in who's listening, um, a couple of years ago, um, Carl sat down with me and did a whole photo session. And I was, I think one of the first things I said to you, Carl, even though I asked for this, I asked to have you do this, but the one of the first things I said was, you know, I really hate this. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty common. You know, common. and and it was it was you know, even when you showed me some of the photos that were really beautiful, really great, I looked at them and said, Yeah, 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 okay, great. And it took me months of, you know, continuing to see those photos to finally settle in and say, Oh, you know, that that is nice. And yeah, that is nice. And it's just an interesting process for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure you have that with a lot of people. It's pretty common. It's it's probably more common than not, you know, that I I tell people that that at least 85% of the people that I, I photograph, that's in some form or another, that's one of the first things that they say is, mm-hmm. I just want you to know I hate to have my picture taken or I just want you to know I don't take a good picture. I just yeah. want you to know I don't feel comfortable in front of the camera, you know, all yeah. of that. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, that makes your job easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it it gives me a, it always reminds me that I'm I've got a great purpose, you know, because <laughs> because because if I'm able to any degree, if I'm able to shift that and and open up the possibility for people where where people can feel honored and feel like to some degree at least like that's not true and that it's that it's possible to feel uh comfortable and 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 honored in front of a camera, then, then you know, I've really made a contribution. Well, we have more to talk about with Carl Stemmel when we come right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexsaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. 
From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations. We're having a great conversation today with Carl Stedna. So, Carl, world-renowned photographer and great teacher and author of Click, Choosing Love, One Frame at a Time. You actually have created a process that you teach called the Luminescence Method. Tell us about this. Sure, I'd love to. So, the Luminescence Method was really designed because I realized that as we've been discussing, uh, I realized that over time that I have, my approach was in such a way that it was providing a space for people to feel safe, to feel trusting, to feel honored, and recognizing the need for people that are in front of a camera, most people at least, to uh, maybe even, you know, how great it would be if people could come into a shoot and already have looked at and and perhaps done some personal inquiry and some healing around some of the, the fears and the concerns and the, the self-doubts that come up during a photo shoot. Mm. And so the luminescence method was really putting a form onto, a more of a, a structured form onto what I was already doing. And, um, and the basic premise of of this method is that that we are all beings of light, that we're all unique emanations of, of light, and that the more that we are able to rest in, feel safe, feel present, feel open, uh, feel trusting, uh, that those when those qualities are there and when we're feeling inspired, when we're clear about our purpose and what qualities uh, perhaps in life have meaning for us, the more that we're clear about all that and then, and then able to mm, open and learn tools and techniques for releasing certain perhaps old judgments, old concerns, things that we might, you know, in front of a camera we might call self-consciousness, but usually I, I find that they really are some forms of judgment, some self-judgment or judgment toward others. And the more that we're able to, to really heal and bring forgiveness and bring a greater clarity and wisdom uh, to these blocks, then we can naturally show up feeling safe, feeling present, feeling light, feeling wise, feeling comfortable, and then we take a good picture. When, when we show up in that, in that full presence of here I am, you know, and just anchored in the truth of our nature without all of the old baggage, we shine. And when we shine, we're relaxed, we're present, our eyes are right there, and those are the kind of pictures that we like. Those are the kind of pictures that people are drawn to because they see who we really are as opposed to a mask or opposed to any kind of fear that's present. So, so the luminescence method is... I. Um, I don't do it uh, with every session I do. I, you know, it's it's sort of an adjunct, and I offer it as you know something that's that that people can choose to to do with me before a session. There's different there's different um, styles of it where there's a shorter version that I can just do with people that over the phone for an hour hour and a half, um, uh, and then when they come to the session. They're, uh, let's just say they're a lot more equipped and prepared to just just show up and 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 be shining and be in, in, in the fullness of the of the truth of who they are. And then and then sometimes I, I do this method, and it's not even related to having your picture taken because it's just mm-hmm. a, it's a wonderful process I can do with people in several sessions to as a as a way of clearing and, and healing you know for themselves. And, well, what's an example of a way you would help somebody? Um, let's say, get over the fear of, oh, you know, basic, just, you know, hating to be in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. So you're asking me how would I do that? Yeah. Okay. Well, for, 
first off, um, I would get clear about, you know, what it is that's coming up. You know, what, what are the concerns, what are the fears that are coming up? And once we start addressing those, then we can go deeper into, well, what's underneath that? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, right. It's just like right, right. There's right, deeper, right. deeper and deeper layers of, well, right. what, you know, what's underneath that? And so usually what's underneath that is some kind of either self-judgment or some kind mm-hmm. of fear, mm-hmm. fear of being seen in a certain way, uh, some old idea that maybe somebody has that, you know, that when you, you don't look good when you really, I mean, I can't tell you how many people say to me, oh, I don't put on a full smile because, because I don't look good when I fully smile. Yeah. You know, and it's an old concept that isn't true. It's just not true. It's, it's you know, it's, it's someone told, you know, this person, you know, whenever, could have, been, could have been when they were a child, oh, when you smile, your gums show too much, you know, you look too yeah. gummy, you know, or whatever, you know. And so we form these false notions. And mm. so, so it's, it really involves, uh, you know, some inquiry and, and just going deeper and, and being able to recognize really what's true and what's not. And then there's, process, there's forms and processes for letting go and releasing, you know, really the old, the old baggage. So that, and, 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 how, and, and methods for how to just fully come back more quickly, come back to our essence, come back to those qualities that are, I, I, I ask people for a personal assessment, uh, essence, personal essence assessment, where they, mm. they, they write down and we talk about and we address really all these things such as what brings you joy, what ignites you, what lights you up, what do you stand for, what's your key message to the world, what ignites you, yeah. so what, what's your unique purpose and gift to the world. So when we address all of that and then there's a process uh, a light, it's called the lighthouse process for being able to, to more effectively to stop and be still and anchor in these qualities and let them fill you. And when, when you start to recognize that you are moving back into an old fear, an old pattern, what we call self-consciousness, what we call doubts, all of that. Mm. And it's a wonderful, you know, it's just such a, it's a wonderful opportunity because because most people, to some degree, resist. You know, there's resistance to either having a picture taken or looking at pictures of themselves. Yeah, you were saying that yourself. And and that when we when the judgments aren't there, mm-hmm. you know, then we're just looking from a place of inquiry. It's like, oh, yeah, what's what's there for me to see here? Yeah, what's there for me to learn here? How can this be a tool for for greater awareness about who I am and how I how I show up in the world, and yeah. you know, then it becomes interesting. You know, then it's then it's a lot more than just reaction. <laughs> yeah, reacting to the camera, right? <laughs> and that's why I wrote the book. You know, that's why yeah. I wrote Click because because most people have such a reaction, and right. and there's such the opportunity to to really reframe it and tra- and transform the whole process to one that's really uh, serves as, a, as an awakening for people and as a, as a way of, of learning and growing and, and healing uh, and learning how to really rest in the fullness of who we are. That's so beautiful. You know, I, I wonder, how, how are you when someone takes your picture? Are you, you know, photographs you? Are you comfortable? Do you relax into it? I practice what I, you know, I practice what I preach. So, uh-huh. so I, use met- I use methods for bringing me back into being present and being authentic because most people don't have the skills or, or right. the, the, the awareness to be doing that with you when they're photographing you. In the first mm-hmm. two chapters of the book, I talk all about that. And, and, you know, that's one of the reasons that most people don't like having their picture taken is because, because there's an assumption from the, anyone that can pick up a camera and just tell you to smile, and it's so inauthentic. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just so not real. So, so sometimes if I, you know, if I feel like it, <laughs> sometimes I'll just say, to, which I encourage in the book, I, I say to the person that's taking the picture, well, what are you going to do? If you want me to smile, what are you going to do to help me to have a natural smile? You know, mm-hmm. you know how are you going to co-create this with me? And most people think, what? Yeah, what the hell is he talking about? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So there really isn't the time, you know, to be able to get into that. But, mm. but I, you know, sometimes I do that because, because I want people to be aware that 
it's not authentic just to yeah. pick up a camera and expect that someone's going to be comfortable and they're going to have a natural smile. That's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's not, it's not true. Well, especially in a formal setting, yeah. you know, candid shots are one thing. You know, they, they may not capture a person in the best light, but they may capture the real smile. And, uh, you know, it's easier when there's just not a lot of thought put into it. You just kind of look look up and boom, oh, you got me, you know. <laughs> and, I mean, that works for me when people take my photo that way. Um, and, you know... I saw a photo of you and your beloved, Cynthia, and you had actually posted this photo with, with one of you guys several years ago. That was, it, it emanated love and the sensuous connection of love, so deep, so real. And, you know, did you take that photo? Did you set the camera up and take that photo? Did somebody else take that photo of you guys? Yeah, I um, I don't know. I know we don't have a lot of time to get into this in depth, but the woman who took that was probably in her early 80s. She had been a professional photographer for many, many years, mm-hmm. lived, lived in Hawaii, and she and her husband who was in his late 80s, early 90s, were, were one of the couples that I... I Photograph for this book I was working oh, on, on, yeah. on on loving couples and oh. and so she was reciprocating. The bottom line, you wow. know, she I had already done this session with them of some of the most beautiful I feel some of the most beautiful intimate yeah. loving uh, pictures that I've ever taken of anybody and she wanted to give back and so she did and uh, and it was such a gift to be able to be on the other end and to sink into that same level of mm. of honor and, and sacred, you know, with her seeing us in that way. Yeah. Sacred is definitely the word for that photograph, you know, the sacred love that emanated from that. And, you know, if everyone had a photo like that of themselves, nobody would be afraid of the camera. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. And and um, just really quickly, that that whole project it was called, it's called the Evolution of Loving. Still isn't published. It will be. Keep oh. tuned. Keep tuned. It will. Uh, and that whole project, because it was couples, young, old, mm-hmm. lifetime together, new blossoming love. That that project, which was done many years ago served as one of the greatest catalysts for me to open to a deeper place of what we were talking about earlier, mm. about, about truly, deeply honoring uh, each individual and who they are in such a, in such a sensitive and sacred way. And I have, I have that, pro- that whole experience to thank for, for me growing in that way. Well, it's it just beautiful. I can't wait to see this project published, Evolution of Loving. How wonderful. Thank you, Cheryl. So, Carl, this has been so fun. I just love having you here and learning so much more about this. I love this approach you have created and the the intention with which you move into your work. Um, having been on the other side of the camera with you, you know, looking at me through the lens, um, I can attest that you um, you are so present and you do so much to make those of us who are being photographed comfortable and relaxed and have fun and not too serious. And it, it's great. It, it is really, really a special experience. And, you know, I think people are going to want to know more about this. So how can people learn more and where can they buy the book? Okay, well, you all can go to my website, which is my name. So it's Carl, C-A-R-L-S-T-U-D-N-A dot com. That will give a whole array of, of photographs. Uh, to buy the book, you can go on to Amazon um, and click on my name. Uh, plus, you can just put click. So Carl's done the click, and it's sold on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and on the Hay House website. And um, that's, you know, that's the gist of it. That's me. That's great. And I know you're teaching some classes. And 
some of those are on your website too. Yeah, so. there's, yeah. There's an events page on my way, on my website and right. tells tells what I'm up to. So I so appreciated this with you, Cheryl. You know, you're you're such a you're such a clear anchored presence, and and it just provides such a great space for me to just to sink in with you in this way. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's so fun having you here. So fun to have the moments to, um, without you, with a camera in front of you, but just to hear your voice. It's really wonderful. Thank you. So, Carl Studnuck, author of Click, Choosing Love One Frame at a Time. It's been a privilege. Thank you. Remember, everyone, to think big. The world could be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.